0: This sermon is titled, Our Nation and Beyond. Be enriched as you listen.
1: This morning, uh, it's, uh, it's not a regular Sunday sermon, not a regular message that uh, we would typically, uh, you know, where we would typically spend time studying the Word of God. Uh, I'm just going to bring a simple message of uh, encouragement, to stirring us up in the area of missions. Last Sunday, we... What did we speak about last Sunday? Do church people really remember every Sunday's message? <laughs> All right. So last Sunday, we spoke about evangelism, of, of uh, sharing the gospel, going out and sharing the gospel. Today, we want to just continue on that theme and just extend it uh, to missions, so uh, I'm just going to talk to us a little bit on missions, our nation and beyond. Just give a little background how what has happened in the past and how you and I can be involved in missions in our day and time. To make this a proper sermon, we have to read a few scriptures. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. We just read two verses of scripture. Matthew 28: 19 and 20. These are familiar verses. Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20, Jesus said, let's read it together, please. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the. We're going to read one more verse of Scripture. Matthew 24, verse 14. Let's read it together, please. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. Now, let's try to imagine the Great Commission. Jesus is speaking to a handful of people. Just few. And he's saying, I want you to go. I want you to make disciples of all the nations. And like, I can imagine if somebody's saying, Lord, if I just get past Judea, that'll be that's enough. You know, if I just get past Galilee, or if I just get reach Syria, that's enough. Go make disciples of all the nations. That's the commission. And he said, here's a sign. That when this gospel goes to the whole world and reaches all the nations, then the end will come. In other words, saying, hey, we're not going to end until you, this gets done. Until this gospel reaches all the nations. But it will come to pass because that's one of the signs that he said. Before his return, this gospel will go, it will reach all the nations, and then the end will come. And we are very close because the gospel has gone to all the nations. If you look at nations, as we speak of nations per se. But we understand that in the Greek, Jesus was talking about ethne. He was talking about people groups or ethnic groups. And that's the last mile that's left. We are down to reaching every ethnic group. That's the last mile. So we, you and I are living in a time of the last mile. This is the final phase that's left. The gospel's got to go, reach every ethnic group, and then the end will come. It's going to be over now just for sake of definition if you want to contrast evangelism and missions typically I'm not getting too hard and fast on this but generally when we talk about missions what we are saying is we are bringing the gospel across cultures and across regional boundaries example Simple example, if you cross the cultural boundary between, Tamil, between Karnataka and Tamil Nadu and you cross the boundary, well, you're a missionary because you've crossed culture and you crossed regional boundaries. You're with me, right? Just simple, basic example. In contrast, evangelism is just sharing the gospel with anyone in your own circle of influence. But really, both these are the same thing because you're bringing the gospel to somebody in order to save them and get them saved and in order to disciple them. Just that in missions, we literally talk about crossing cultures and crossing regional boundaries. That's when we say missions. Now let's think about where we are today as as living in our world today. The world's population is about 8.1 billion people. And five out of every six people are living in a developing economy. That means in our world today, majority of the people are living in, an, in, a, in a developed part of the world. Unlike, let's say, 200 years ago, when you, you needed to go far, far out in the remote areas, rural areas to find the people, today, five out of six are already living in developed parts of the world. So if you look at this, globally, 57% of the world's population is living in urban centers, in in cities, urban areas. Almost 60% are already living in urban areas. And if you go to developed countries there, the number goes up, it's about 80%. In developed countries, 80% of the population are in urban areas. In developing countries, it's about 51%, almost 52%. In least developed countries, it's about 35% of people are living in urban areas. Think about India. We crossed a milestone in June 2023. We became the world's most populous nation. 1.42 billion people in our lands. Ranked number one. And interestingly, 35.8, so almost 36% of our population, India's population, lives in cities. 36, up from 27 in 2000. That means there's a steady movement of people into urban areas. Now, why am I emphasizing that? Because if you and I think about urban areas, cities, today urban centers are actually melting pots of people. Which means you don't have to go too far to cross culture and to cross a regional boundary. It's very likely the person sitting next to you is from a different culture and could be from a different part of the world. All you've got to do is look around. So right there you have the opportunity to be a missionary. Right there. You talk to the person next to you. They're probably from a different culture within our own country. could be from somewhere in the world. They're from, they from a different part of the country, part of the world. That's one thing. And a second important thing that we must keep in mind in our day and time is that we are actually living in a global village. We're all connected. And sitting here in Bangalore, you can connect with somebody in some other part of the world in real time. Think about 50 years ago, maybe 100 years ago, when missionaries literally had to cross the seas to reach new cultures and people across regional boundaries. They actually had to physically do it. Today, you can be sitting here and connecting cross-culturally, and across boundaries. Are you understanding the world in which we are living? So missions looks very different today. But just, just to give us some context. Let's look at a few highlights of history. Especially in relation to missions in India. Eighty fifty two, 52. Apostle Thomas himself came to the Malabar coast. Kerala. Can you imagine? One of Jesus' own disciples, apostles, came to our country. What a privilege. 50 to 80, long time ago, he came. The gospel reached us right at the time of the birth of the early church. Within the first 25 years, the gospel reached India. History tells us that by 600 AD, believing communities, Christian communities were established all across the Malabar coast, all across our west coast, believing communities. Then around 500, in the 15th century, Vasco da Gama, a Portuguese explorer, he found a sea route from Europe to India and trade began. So people started coming in to our country, primarily for trade. But shortly after that, missionaries followed. Missionaries started coming to our country. They came, established schools and hospitals, and began to work addressing social issues in our land, in our country. I will just mention a few. The Lutherans were among the earliest to come in the early part of the 17th century from Germany. They landed up here. Any former Lutherans? (laughs) They landed up here early. And then we had the Baptists. William Carey is well known. He came in 1793. Spent more than 40 years in India, working, serving. Another well-known missionary was Amy Carmichael in 1901. She was an Irish missionary who came in 1901, the early part of the 20th century. She came to the southern uh, in Tamil Nadu. She established a, 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 a fellowship there, a, a, a orphanage there, serving children and also rescuing trafficked women. And this was in 1901. She's doing that. Spent 55 years. In India. Amazing work. And that we all know about Do- Dr. Arda Scudder, Young lady. She came to India. She saw the need. She went back. She trained as a medical doctor in the United States. Came back here. And in about 1917 or something. 1918 she started a medical dispensary. And a small school to educate women. And we all know what has happened to Christian Medical College. CMC Velo. Who started that? A young lady. How did she do it? Just a small dispensary. And I want to teach a few women about medical care. And what has it become? A hospital that's known all over the world. And then list can go on. We can mention more and more names of missionaries who not only came to India, but they went to different parts of the world. Hudson Taylor to China and so many others over to South, South, South America and other parts of the world. Missionaries. Why did these people do what they did? Two reasons we can think of. One, of course, there was a call of God. God called them. Otherwise, you know, they were not going on vacation somewhere. God called them to do this. And secondly, they were willing to sacrifice. They're willing to do this. willing to invest their lives for the sake of other people and missions. So what I want to do this morning is just to challenge our thinking on what you and I can do today. In our context, we are here. Almost 2,000 years since Jesus gave that Great Commission. We are down to the last mile. We are in this time. What are you, what am I going to do to see the Great Commission fulfilled? How can we do it in our day and time? Just want to present some thoughts for us. I'm not saying we, all of us, have to do everything. But you and I must listen to the call of God and be willing to sacrifice accordingly. So, the best way to get started in missions, of course, is start with what we are already doing. That's very easy. What is it? What are we doing? Urban missions, we, are, we have Catalyst that's reaching out into schools, campus elevates, that's reaching out into college campuses. Uh, we are looking at social outreach, what we can do along those lines in our city. So, that's an easy way to start because we are already involved. So, if you want to get involved, you can do that. You get involved in missions, outreach across our country. Almost every month, you hear these announcements. There are people traveling to different parts of our country ministering in our outreach churches. We usually prepare the entire missions calendar by December. So by December, you can go to our church website, uh, apc.org slash missions. You will see the full plan for 2024 and you can plan your holidays. You can plan your vacation and say, hey, I'm going to take so many days to go there and go there minister and serve. So you can plan and be involved in missions, what we are already doing. In addition to that, there are numerous Christian mission organizations working in our city and working across the country. So you can get involved with them as well. What tugs on your heart? You find out who's doing those kinds of things. Get involved with organizations that are already serving, whether in our city or across the country. That's the next step you can do. You can get involved in serving God. Sometimes God may give you an idea and say, I want you to start this. I want you to do this. So then you follow that. Follow the idea God has given you, the inspiration God has given you of something that you can do in our city or across our nation. Go ahead and do it. So get started. Look at ways in which you can get involved in mission. So this morning... I want to bring our attention just to four areas. There are numerous areas, but I want to talk about these four areas and challenge your thinking and inspire you to pray and see where and how God wants you to get involved in missions. The first thing I want to talk about is technology in missions. This is very important given the days and the times in which we live. Like we said, maybe 200 years ago, people had to physically travel. Today, since the last 30 years or so, since the, um, the internet came into existence, we don't necessarily need to physically travel. We're connected globally. And so we got to think, how can we use that? Now think of what we are already doing as a Church. I'll just mention a few. Our church website, apcwo.org. Let me ask you, what's our church website? Okay, you're being (laughs) attached. Our church website is accessed by people, and I would say this, from almost every country. I say almost because, you know, there's a little debate on how many countries there are in the world, And the United Nations will say 193 uh, plus two territories. Somebody else will include all the other territories and give some 200 plus number. We have our analytics that are connected to our website. And according to our analytics, we have people from 212 countries because they are looking at other territories as well. But basically, in a sense, our church website is accessed from people all over the globe. And this year alone, just this calendar year alone, I just looked up the statistics last week. We've had 188,000 plus visits. We've had more than 70,000 downloads of our content. Just our church websites. Just this last, you know, 10 months or nine plus months. The point is this. This whole year none of us i mean none of our pastors traveled up anywhere we were all here but we were touching the whole globe didn't cost us anything are you with me at bible college yes we have in-person classes Online classes are being attended in real time by students from different parts of our country and even other parts of the world. Our e-learning portal has students, more than 2,000 students from 101 countries. Think of that. Even if they are doing one course, somebody in one of those 101 countries is being ministered to, is being quote-unquote educated minister. And we're not traveling to 101 countries. But students from 101 countries are benefiting by the lessons we are putting out. How is that possible? Technology. Right? So we can use technology for missions. Do you agree? It's happening even if you don't agree. (laughs) So, and this is only part of it, but there's so much else that's happening. Our digital content, our PDFs, books are distributed worldwide through more than 34 channels. That means, you know, there are numerous online distribution channels for digital content. And so our books are being distributed. So we don't even know, we don't even have a count of how many more are actually reading our books. I'm just I just told you the count of our just one website, but our books are being pushed out for 34 plus channels. So we don't even have a count of how many others are actually reading it. And this was not a count of, you know, all the other languages through which books are being released. So look at the reach. And this is just version one. So I told our team, whatever we've done till now is version one. We're getting ready for version two. Our global delivery platform. What do we want to do in version two? We want to use natural language processing to reach people in numerous other languages in real time. So you can reach people over in over hundred languages, 180 languages in real time, just using natural language processing, and you can deliver contents. So think of how many times more our reach will be multiplied just using these technologies. Think about what we can do if we create, using AI tools that's available these days, a creator digital assistant where somebody comes and says, you know, I'm really worried. And then our digital assistant gives them, do not worry. (laughs) Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. And here is a message you can listen to from pastor. Here is a five-minute message. If you can't listen to a 45-minute message, here's a five-minute. And if you can't listen to a five-minute, here is a one-minute. And here are some scriptures. And all this happening while our pastors are busy sleeping. No, just joking. Hey, this is possible in real time. We just have to make use of that technology. And we can do this in many languages. Just use the tools that are available. So that's version two, which we are getting ready to build. It's a global delivery platform that we can Im- go the extra mile and reach more people. Can do all this in real time. So, think about what you can do. Using technology in missions, how can you be a part? Or what is this available to us? It's waiting to be leveraged. It's waiting to be put to use for the sake of missions, to disciple the nations. It's waiting. And we can make it happen. The second thing, and there's, there's a lot more we can talk about, how we can leverage uh, artificial, artificial intelligence, and all the technologies that are available for us to really reach nations. The second thing I want to talk about is business in missions. Or what is more formally known as business as missions. And this was a term that's been around, I think, maybe the last 15, 20 years. So it's a little bit more recent when it comes to Christian missions. Now, what, what do we mean by saying business as missions. It means that you are carrying out a legitimate economic activity but with the f- purpose of furthering the kingdom. That's business as missions. That means you are actually doing a business, running a business. It's legitimate, it's profitable, but it is in some way serving the furtherance of God's kingdom. That's business as missions. And there are so many opportunities, so many different things that we can do and bring about change and touch the lives and be part of fulfilling the Great Commission. Now, some people here sitting have already been doing this for a long time. And I can know, you know, people are involved in technology. We have people who've, you know, done Gift shop type of work in businesses' missions, people running cafes as businesses' missions and so on. And so there's just limitless ideas that you and I can engage in businesses' missions. Though a big benefit is, you know, when we go back in time and looked at, look at how the missionaries of days in the past, how they worked, they had to have a sending agency to fund them because they were going far away. And so they had to depend on their sending agency to send them money to get the work done. But when you do business as missions, you are self-funded. It's like the Apostle Paul. When he went from place to place, he built, he made tents, he sold, took care of his own needs, and he planted churches. So you're just contemporizing that tent making. You're doing some business, taking care of your own needs. You can go to any part of the world that God sends you. Don't just be like Jonah. You know, just... Go where God sends you, do what God tells you, right? But you can go wherever God tells you, you can start a legitimate business, take care of your needs, maybe the needs of your team, and extend God's kingdom. That's the advantage. Are you with me? You're understanding this? In days gone by, they didn't do that. They were dependent on their sending agency. But today we have the opportunity to do this business as missions. So think about that. Maybe God may call some of you to do that. What kind of business? Just depends on the skills and the opportunities God sends your way, just use it and serve. I remember in my own life, in my early teenage years, I thought in missions means I had to let go of everything and go into full-time ministry. That's how I was thinking. In the early teenage years. But that shifted, that changed in my latter teens when I was in my eleventh and twelfth grade. Things changed, and I said, Okay, I'm going to be a professional and do the ministry. Inspired by the life of the apostle Paul, who was a tent maker. Wherever he went, he he, he worked and he planted churches. He didn't lose his anointing. He didn't become less of an apostle just because he made tents. You're still the apostle. I also remember uh, uh, an Australian scientist, his name was Dr. John Ridgway. Uh, he, he, I used to hear him speak at the Methodist church. And what imp- I didn't know too much about him, but what impressed me was he was a scientist. He was a PhD in solid state physics. He, was, he used to come and work in the Indi- Indian Institute of Science, but he was from Australia and he was part of the navigators and he used to preach. And I was very impressed, a scientist, Preaching in a Methodist church? Really good. But very inspiring. a life like that. And so in the latter teenagers, I decided, I'll be a professional and I'll serve God. And that's what I was doing through my college years, as I studied. And then when we came here, these are actually the foundation years of APC. From 2000 to 2014. I was working, I was running my software business and also pastoring, taking care of APC. So APC was born like that, through that you would call it a tent making or a business as a mission or whatever you you want to call it. So for that 2001 to 2014, that's how we worked. And One of my greatest joys in those years was to see young people. They come fresh out of college, didn't know how to write code or maybe very little code. (laughs) And to see those guys become amazing uh, people who could build amazing systems. Many of them are working for big, large companies, different places. But I remember their story. Remember how they first came to the office? They didn't know very much. And then we worked together. We prayed together. We worshiped God together. And we went and built systems together for clients around the world. And today they are thriving wherever they are. In 2014, I made the transition to serve in the church full time. But those were the formative years. Those were the foundational years even for our church. So we have a history in business as missions. Are you with me? You can do that. Now, it's not easy. It's hard. But if God calls you to do it and you're willing to sacrifice, you can do it. The third area that I would, and I also want to mention here that many of you sitting here are actually experienced professionals. You've already been there, done that, and made the journey and more. You can mentor younger entrepreneurs who are considering business as missions, that you can journey with them, you you can guide them, you can coach them. So even think of Business as missions mentoring. And we have a mentoring program in church. So if you're considering entrepreneurship and you're you're considering business as missions, there are people here who can guide you. There are people who've done it. And there are people who can coach you on how you can be an entrepreneur, how can you can start a business and then use that business to serve the kingdom of God. So business as mentoring. Some of you can be involved in that as well. The third area. Now, I just want to make this side note here. Because this is a big question in many people's minds. What about the money, pastor? How much will I get paid if I work for church? I love technology. I want to come and work for church. How much will I get paid? Now, I have to tell you this. The church is not going to pay you as much. In most cases, in most cases, I'm not saying all the time. But in most cases, the church will not pay you as much as what you can make out there in the corporate worlds. Probably, and I told some of our staff, I said, hey, some of you, based on your competencies, if you go out and work in the corporate world, you can make three times, four times, five times, as much as what you're making here in APC. So why are you working for APC? Because there's a calling and you're willing to sacrifice. That's why you're here. But if you want to go and make five times more, go do it. Perfectly fine. If God has called you to be out in the corporate world and, you know, make five times more salary, perfectly fine. Go do it. Just make sure, give your tithe, yeah? <laughs> I'm just joking. Not joking. I am serious. All <laughs> right. See. If God calls you to be in the corporate world, go do it because we need people who'll be salt and light out there. And we need people like you who would be heads of corporations and, and do big things. Wonderful. But if God calls you to be part of a mission like APC and say, I want to use my skills and I want to serve an APC and I'm willing, I feel called to do this and I don't mind Earning three times less or four times less or even five times less. I don't mind that. I feel called to do it. I feel this is my mission. Welcome. But we will do an interview. (laughs) Says, because you want good people. And we need good people. You know, to carry out our plan for the global delivery platform, we need good people. Really highly skilled people. Those of you who know AIML, you're interested, send the resume. We need people like you. But you need to be called. And you need to be willing to sacrifice. The sacrifice today is very different from the sacrifice these missionaries like William Carey and Ida Scudder. What they made. For them they had to go live in a foreign country. Here maybe the nature of the sacrifice is different. But you still need to sacrifice. Be willing to sacrifice. So if God has called you to be out in the world, go do it. If God calls you to use your talent and skills in missions, do it. The point is, each one of us must obey God. No one is greater or better. The simple question is, are you obeying God? Are you wherever God wants you to be? Because you're a missionary, whether you're in the corporate world or you're working for a, a, a Christian entity like APC or some other missions, so on. That was just a side note. Let's go to the third one here. Mercy missions. There's two more. We'll mention this very quickly. Mercy missions. When we talk about mercy missions, we are talking about addressing the immediate felt needs of people in order to practically share the love of Christ with them. So this could take in many forms. One is education. It's a big thing. How can you help somebody? How can you help a poor person? One of the best things we can do is to educate them. Because when you educate them, you're giving them a means for a lifelong journey where they can, you know, earn something, take care of their needs. So education is a big thing. So for all the underprivileged people, if we can go there and we can educate them, take them all the way from, you know, all the way through college, that'd be great. And some people are doing that and get involved in those kinds of organizations that are educating people and go to a very a mercy mission, a legitimate way of serving people. Medical missions. They are hospitals. That's a very practical way of sharing the love of Jesus with people. Why do you care for them? You love them. And, and you serve them. And, you know, even many of our Christian hospitals need doctors, need people, need professionals. And I just want to share this need. Um, we have an, organi- I mean, there is an organization in India called Emmanuel Hospital Association. Some of you, some of you may know it. It has a our network, a collection of about 17 to 20 hospitals, mainly in North India. All of these hospitals were started, you know, 50, 70, 100 years back by missionaries who came, they left, and Emmanuel Hospital Association, EHA, provides uh, an umbrella, an administrative umbrella for these hospitals. Now, we've been involved with them since 2012. We've gone and served in some of these hospitals. But recently, the director reached out and said, if we could help in some way. We've done that in the past, but the condition is very serious in many of these hospitals. It's very hard, for do- very hard to get doctors who will go and serve because you know, these are in remote areas. It's not easy. They need help with administration, with operations, and with, infras- and with, you know, with IT as well. They need help in all these areas. So she reached out and said, would you like to adopt one, not me, but APC, APC, would you like to adopt one or two hospitals and see how you can help? So there's a great needs and the reality is if we do not help, many of these hospitals are likely to shut. And these were started sacrificially by the efforts of missionaries who came from North America and Europe but they don't have doctors they don't have people there so it's an open invitation for all of us if you're in, if if this pulls on your heart i'm not saying everybody must go but if this pulls on your heart we can actually do something to help these hospitals i'm not saying you should relocate there but if you have good in operations go there for a week or so find out what what we can do and maybe you know, help people there. They do need staff, will be there, but at least we can give some input on how they can improve. If you're a medical professional, and you're willing to go there and work for a week, or two weeks, whatever time you can give, you can go work there, and it gives relief to the doctors who are there. They can at least go on a break while you're there. And and many of these hospitals have no IT systems whatsoever, barely bare bones. So we need, that's another area of big needs. You know, that's an area we can help them. So, this is an opportunity, it's a need, and you and I can think to see if we should do something, if you want to do something. Towards the end of this sermon, I will give you information how to reach out. Think about uh, social justice. Serving the underprivileged, those who are trafficked, those who are oppressed, there are organizations doing that. If that's something that pulls on your heart, get involved with those organizations while working with those. Think about community development. There are people who are involved in working in community development, especially in the rural parts of our country, teaching people about agriculture and how they can improve what they're doing. If that tugs on your heart, you can uh, get involved in those organizations. Last I want to talk about is church planting. That means you can intentionally go if God leads you to a certain part of our city or any other city or any other place and plant a church, which means you share the gospel, lead people to Christ and build a community of believers. Church planting now, at APC, we have a church planting and ministry accelerator program. That means we have an open invitation. Any day you can apply and say, I want to go plant a church or start a ministry, wherever. And as it within India, and we will get things ready for some outside India as well. But for right now, within India, it's ready. You can apply. You just go to our church website, APCW.org slash CPMAP, Church Planting Ministry Accelerator Programme. Just apply, send us, fill up the form, send it in, and we can help get back you up to, you know, plant a church or start a ministry as, as God has called you to do. But that's another way we can get involved. Are you understanding? So, technology and missions, you can get involved in business as a mission, you can be involved in mercy missions, lots of opportunities. Or you can even consider planting a church or starting a ministry. Worship team, please come. So, I just want to encourage us to pray. Jesus called all of us. He said, go make disciples. Go make disciples. That means all of us should be involved in this. We'll all be doing something different. We're all going to do the same thing. But each one of us must pray. And say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You don't have to copy somebody else. What does God want you to do? To be part of this discipling of nations. Getting the gospel out across cultures, across regions. Pray. See what God puts on your hearts. Sometimes he might give you a new idea to start something new. Go for it. And then, if you need help, reach out to us. And I'll just give this information here. We have our missions email. Send an email to missions at apcw.org. Share your interest or your question. Or if you want us to connect you to somebody who can uh, coach you in this, or connect you to an organization that might be doing something along the areas of your interest, we'll do our best to help you with that. Or if you want to... Work for church. Go to our employment page, APCWORG slash employment. Look at the job opportunities there. There's so many things that we can do for urban missions, rural missions. So you say, okay, yes, I'm, I feel called to work for church and I'm willing to sacrifice and be a part of what's happening at APC. Look at the employment page and uh, apply to wherever you have relevant skills, but you've got to be good, okay? All right. Because we take that seriously. Or if you want to do an internship, go to apc.org slash internships. Look at what's available there and apply. If you feel called to be a part of what's happening at church. So this was not a recruitment drive. (laughs) This was a sermon about missions. But some of it could happen through what we are already doing at ABC. So I want you to think about this. What can you do? How can you make your life count for the kingdom of God? What can you do? The opportunities are tremendous today. But you and I need to pray and say, God, show me what you want me to do. Let's rise to our feet, please. (laughs) May the Lord speak to each of us this morning. May he birth some ideas, some strategies. May he stir up your heart to sacrifice, to do something for the sake of his kingdom. God is looking for William Carey's. God is looking for Ida Scudders. God is looking for Amy Carmichael's. And God is looking for men and women. In our day and time. Who will be willing to make a difference in this earth. For his kingdom. How can you be a... Part of what God wants done on the earth. We are down to the last mile. And if you don't get involved today, there may not be an opportunity tomorrow. It might be too late. We'll be in heaven. What can you do today? How will you get involved? What what price are you willing to pay for what God has called you to do? You don't have to copy somebody else. What is God's calling on your life? What are the skills that you can pour out at the feet of Jesus? There was this woman who came and gave her alabaster box. That was everything she had. And she said, Jesus, you're worthy of it. What is your alabaster box? What are your skills? What are your competencies that you will say, God, I'll sharpen this. I'll make it the best I can give and I'll bring it and offer it at your feet. I'm ready for it, God. What can you do? I know times have changed. I know the way we live, our environment has changed. Life has changed, but there are still People who need to make a sacrifice There are still people who should be willing to say God, I want to do something for your kingdom I'm willing to use my intelligence I'm willing to use my skill I'm willing to use everything you've given me To see your kingdom come And your will be done In our city and in cities across the world And in regions around the world I'm willing to do it I know times have changed But God needs some fearless people today God needs some bold people today God needs some people who will stand strong And be unashamed For Him today Will you do it? Will you do it? Take this time to pray please And let the Lord speak to you.
0: You're the God of the city. You're the God of this people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in the darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless you are and there is no one like our god and there is no one like our god greater things are yet to come greater things are still to be done in this city To be done here, greater things, greater things, so yeah. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are still to be done
1: Thank you. Father, even as we stand in your presence this morning, you're the God of the ages. Lord, we read in history how different people made their lives count for your kingdom help us today in our day god to make our lives count for your kingdom to stay away from all the distractions to look at what really matters to focus on you and of the things that really matter, God and to make our life count for your kingdom May every young person here receive a vision from God May there be no young person on the sound of my voice here or watching online may there be not a single person who's living without a purpose who does not have a dream Who does not have a passion, who does not have clarity of calling Heavenly Father Speak to every heart Deposit in every life a sense of divine purpose A sense of heavenly calling A holy determination To make a difference Infuse in every heart here, God, the life of every individual, a divine call, something that we will do for your kingdom. May we take, Lord, whatever you placed in our hands and use it. For your kingdom. Raise up people here. Who will do great exploits for your kingdom. Raise up movers and shakers. Raise up people who will. Make a massive difference. On the earth. For your kingdom. Raise up, Lord, in our day among these people, the Josephs, the Daniels, the Esthers, the Deborahs. Raise them up. Make them strong. Make them valiant for your kingdom. Let them do great exploits in our day, in our time. May it be so, Lord. Thank you. Before we close this morning, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone here who's never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. Maybe a friend invited you, maybe you just walked in, maybe there are people watching online. You've never opened your heart to Jesus. The Bible tells us that Jesus wants to come in. He's standing at the door. He's knocking and he's saying, I want to come in. I want to be in you. I want to live with you. I want to journey with you. And Jesus is the one who forgives our sins. Who saves us. Who makes us children of God. If you've never received Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, come into my life, live in me. If you've never done that before, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. I want you to pray this with me. If you've never done this before in your life, just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anyone here, you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. I want to see your hand. Is anyone here you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time? Could you raise your hand? Just wave it at me. Anybody here? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. Anyone? 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 See your hand right up here. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Right up here. Anyone else? You pray this prayer with me for the very first time today. God bless you. Our greatest will come to you. Give you a a bag that has some resources. Please, uh, if you could just just receive that. And there will be some instruction there on how to use those resources. Okay. Okay. We're going to close. I'll just pronounce the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, And the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon
0: notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.